Welcome back to Marvel Maniac and MCU After Show. This is your host, Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest. That's about the 10th time I've done this intro. And do you know how crazy that sounds? I feel like I'm saying, Dora Mamu, I've come to bargain. No, it is like the 20th time I've done this. Really, I've done it like 30 times. Um, Dora Mamu, I've come to bargain. This is Marvel Maniac and MCU After Show. I'm your host, Eric Cicada, a.k.a. Mr. Honest. Dora Mamu, I've come to bargain. I am not even kidding. Um, it's it's not self-consciousness. It's like the dog barking or it's one thing or another. Um, we're getting the engine started today at Marvel Maniac and MCU After Show. Uh, we have references. We are not your everyday MCU After Show or Marvel After Show. Um, and we as in me. And I hope you are patient with me as I get my episodes out. And I hope you are doing wonderful today. And it's great to be here with you. And we're here to cover another What If episode. What if Killmonger rescued Tony Stark? Now, this is some really, um, let's say, fragile territory for me. As an Iron Man is one of, if not my favorite MCU films. It launches the MCU. It's the first entry. We covered it on this show. If you haven't, go check it out. We literally... <laughs> I say we when it's just me. I love that. Uh, but it's its the podcast in a sense. And when I say we, I, I consider the Marvel Maniacs and the people who have listened uh, to that episode. That's the we. That's the we. It's the Avengers uh, in us. Uh, we were listening to Iron Man. We, wa- we watched Iron Man and uh, I covered that. So you should listen to that episode. And... Um, well, yeah, it's kind of crazy to see um, another alternate universe in which Tony Stark doesn't get into the cave and put the suit on and become what we know him to be. Um, and yes, this is not like the uh, last few episodes. I have seen this episode, uh, but we will be breaking it down. We'll, we'll go through the moments. Uh, and, and for one reason, it's that I'm not as familiar with Killmonger's story. I love Black Panther, um, but I haven't seen it as many times as I have all the other MCU films, which would be a great reason to go back and break it down. Um, it's like similar to how we done Iron Man and... Captain America thought all the other ones. I think we should go back to all the movies at one point, really, and go through them. And that would be fantastic. But for, for now, let's go through What If Killmonger Rescued Tony Stark. So the episode begins with the Watcher in the Sky. He's appearing more and more prevalent in each episode, forming in more human form, I guess you'd say. Every journey has a beginning. But change one step along the way, and you could end up at a very different destination. The Watcher says, over the very opening shot recreated of the MCU. So we get right into the Iron Man sequence of events. We don't get any ACDC. Now, I can't, I can't help but like reference the new Rockstar uh, first video they put out because I definitely saw that. And they're, this is like, I'm definitely wiring into some of the stuff they said. Like, I watched it. I think I watched it today. Um, but I, they said, no, ACDC. <laughs> they, uh, I love them. They are, they are fantastic on YouTube, uh, new Rockstars. I, I think I'm a fan. Peace. I love peace. I'd be out of a job with peace. It literally feels like time travel. They recreate. So uh, they recreate, recreate pretty much exactly the scene um, of him taking the picture with the guy. Condensed, obviously, like skipping the MySpace joke. The episode does a great job of recreating that shock and awe feeling of Tony Stark getting bombarded by that attack, which is absolutely brutal. You know, it's uh, it's just. Really well done and similar to the movie, but it also has its own tone. The art is really, really good in the show. I, I appreciate it. And I think each episode kind of does its own thing in the art department. But, because to try and match the tone of the movie that it's matching. And this episode's going for Black Panther meets Iron Man. It's a mashup of the two movies. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of like a mashup album, like Jay-Z, Linkin Park. This is like Iron Man and uh, Black Panther. I'm not even kidding. It's crazy how far how far it goes there in this one. It's it's literally it literally claws its way there. Get it? Uh, Ulysses claws its way there. 
what a what a crazy episode! This this episode's actually insane. Um, I was on the verge of not liking it as much, but now that I've had a little time to think about it, um, like I've been thinking about it a little bit, and I've I've had like a couple minutes, and like you know, it's it's settling on me that like where is this going to go? I mean, I see the thing is every episode that they've had this season of what if has left on a cliffhanger nearly. And except for Dr. Strange Supreme, which if we know from any trailer ever, we've seen them assemble with Dr. Strange Supreme in this multiverse. If we like, I feel like I've seen them in a circle together assembling like the Avengers, right? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Um, so what, what what in the world <laughs> what in what if and what in the world is going to happen to get all them together and how how will it happen like in one or two to three episodes left <laughs> is there literally literally going to be a definitive season two or is each show going to spin off into a multiverse of madness like is each show spinning off is this each episode is each episode like a pilot episode to a series and like each episode seriously the beginning of a new series maybe secretly so as we see in the trailer stark runs to the ground as he usually does as we know it in the in the sacred timeline where all is glorious and it has all the purpose uh we know killmonger comes in and takes the missile that lands directly next to stark and swoops it away he comes out of nowhere. He has a bigger plan than ever before. As quoted, emergency awesome YouTube. Uh, Marvel What If Episode 6, Iron Man, Killmonger, Top 10 Breakdown, Easter Eggs Ending Explained. Go check emergency awesome on YouTube out. I don't think I've given them quite enough credit. Uh, amazing content. Check them out. Tony tells Killmonger that it was a spectacular entrance. And Killmonger tells Tony that the Ten Rings have reinforcements en route. Let's move the Ten Rings. So do we know if it's related to Shang-Chi? I believe it is. Because in Shang-Chi, for those of you who have seen it, um, slight spoilers, we know that the Ten Rings have been along, along for, around for a long time. That's all I'll say. And we're going to be covering Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings here on Marvel Maniac within the next month, I'll say. I'm going to be going over the movie. I'm going to need to go see it again. Because <laughs> I saw it and intended, came home intending to cover it. And it's just very hard for me personally. I'm just going to say it. Um, the way I cover shows on here, it's it's beat by beat. I go through the movie with the, uh, the computer in front of me. I go through the movie. And um, I'm not used to covering things without the, it in front of me. So it's a challenge for me to come home and just talk about the whole movie. Um, I want the movie in front of me. Uh, so I guess I just, I can either A, wait until Disney Plus release, or um, B, go see it again, just come back and talk about it. What would you like as a Marvel maniac, as a listener? Uh, tweet us or email us at Marvel Maniac Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. MarvelManiacPod at gmail.com. What do you think? What, what, which, which way would you like to hear me react to Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings? Uh, I want to hear your feedback. It, your feedback's greatly appreciated. It will be read on the show. Most likely. And also, if you listen to the show, it'd be... It'd go a mile times a hundred if you go and rate it wherever you listen to it. It uh, goes further than you think if you just give it the five stars or the thumbs up. Or if you leave a comment... A positive one or a you know a generally good one or not none at all that'd be good if you got this far in and you want to leave a negative comment why don't you just why don't you just take your why don't you just low-key get out of here now we know this is an rdj voicing tony stark um they couldn't afford him i'm guessing and <laughs> that's uh that is a reference so he gets tony out and he does it with force he shoots his way out of the desert and this uh, this shocks and awes tony in a different way he woos tony as as we would say he doesn't agent woo tony he just woos tony we haven't met agent woo yet we haven't you've yet to see agent woo and what if and that is a problem with me we need we need more woo 
need more woo. In the movie Black Panther, it is told that Killmonger got his name in Afghanistan. And look, uh, this is Afghanistan, and his name is Killmonger on his jacket. Tony asked, uh, what is that, German? And then he, he takes out a bunch of soldiers, and he's like, oh, that's clearly a, a good fit. That's where they got I see where they got it. <laughs> he, asked him what, he asked him, what's this afternoon like? And they just walk off together. And yeah, I'm sure just he took him back to the airport, I'm guessing. And uh, they flew off home. And this is where Killmonger's theme comes in. And that's this really bass bump. And what I remember is this this music in Black Panther kind of came in real bump. This is sick. Uh, I love this, man. So when this move, when this music comes in right here, it comes in over the Watcher saying, Heroes are not born. They're forged in darkness. Now this music's playing over Iron Man. Um, hammering his iron in the original this is all animated versions of Iron Man's best moments. You can rewind and watch this a couple times. Um, we got some great gifts out of this. This is really good. This is really good. This is the small segment of things. Um, this is sick. I like this animated moment of Iron Man in the cave. Uh, the Avengers assembling together, shaped in battle. And then we see Iron Man, literally Tony, at the end of Endgame on his knees with the infinity stones in his hands animate all animate all like reanimated i imagine they animate right over the movies or i don't know what they do but it's it looks great and um he is he says i am iron man and does a snap without tony stark's faithful capture in afghanistan the age of iron man would never come to pass I kind of like getting a better look at the Watcher when he says all this stuff. He's like looking you right in the eye now. Before, he's kind of hiding in the shadows, telling you all this from afar. Um, he's talking to us, but now he's looking like right at us. Um, he's, he's more like direct. He's like... <laughs> he's like almost like, I'm really uncomfortable and I'm about to do something here, guys. <laughs> I'm about to get up, just so you know. Things are about to go down, and things aren't going to happen without me getting involved. But I can't get involved. But I'm about to. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it. Because, dude, I don't know. At the beginning of the show, it wasn't that. That wasn't going to happen. I don't know. I feel like it just wasn't supposed to happen. Even though it was, it wasn't. Like, it felt like one-offs. It felt like one-offs. And this show has somehow exceeded that. It's so it's very good in that sense. And I've seen some criticism about the voice acting and yeah. It's not perfect. Nothing's perfect. Uh, it's whatever. So let's we go we go down into the meeting and this is where we get to see some reassembled Iron Man uh scenes. And this is the press conference where Tony would come back and eat the cheeseburger on the ground. And so we start off uh with the watcher saying the uh, age of Iron Man would never come to pass and though the man was saved a hero was lost and a villain was given a new chance Tony was asked if he was injured in the attack and uh, he says no but he spilled this drink in 96 McAllen which he's pretty sure it was a war crime he learned uh, the lesson asked by a reporter that he should never travel anywhere without a Four Seasons when asked if this experience has changed him he repeats the line I saw young Americans killed by the very weapons I created to protect them and I realize we have to do better build bigger and fight better for them so we get opposite which is why I'm bringing in Lieutenant Eric Stevens the Lieutenant Navy SEAL who saved my life as a Stark Industries new chief security officer which was going to be Happy's job um, so we get to see Happy a little bummed out on the side Killmonger and Tony salute each other and give each other a hug, <laughs> like a warm embrace, like for the cameras. And then Obadiah Stane walks in the frame. Obadiah Stane, you know, the guy who uh, completely set all this up and got Tony, like, hijacked and killed, like, you know, to be killed in the first place. Um, so he walks up. This is, like, a pretty satisfying moment here. And then we get Christine Everhart in the audience. You know, she's the same actress, too, and the same character um, from the movie. So she asked Killmonger what he was doing out there. And Tony says, if you're implying that he had advanced knowledge of the attack, and Killmonger comes right out and says, yeah, I knew. Uh, Abadiah Stane was planning an attack to kill Tony. Um, and he has all the proof right here. 
Obadiah tries to stop stop it and uh Killmonger's like oh yeah you'd like that wouldn't you <laughs> I love it I just love this drama playing out from the end of Iron Man where I'd all I remember I think sometimes at the end of Iron Man I'm like if they'd settle this earlier just be a couple guys in suits just arguing you know but like at the end of the movie it's just this guy Abadiah just yelling in this giant suit you know like it's just so it's just so obscene you know in that movie that of itself before all the Thanos stuff when that movie was just a movie these two guys ended the started the movie uh like businessmen and ended the movie in giant metal suits fighting each other and there's something kind of ridiculous and silly about that um but in this universe they settle things in the meeting right here um through killmonger but that's not the best scenario this isn't good this obviously shocks and awes everyone when Abadiah says, let's get out of here and work through this. I don't know what he's talking about. And uh, Killmonger replies, don't you worry about that. I brought receipts, wire transfers, bank documents, phone records. Google it. I just dropped it all online. And everyone goes nuts in the crowd. And then Happy's like, I knew it. <laughs> he says he never liked that guy. Tony says the new guy makes for good TV. And he holds his arm up. Later at a giant party at Tony's, uh, we we see the two celebrating, and he makes Killmonger his COO, and he he gives that to Pepper later on, and he gives it to him right right away. Um, he says we'll be like Butch and Sundance. Pepper reminds Tony that they died at the end. They click their drinks. Uh, Killmonger says to killers and. Yeah, it's just, it all doesn't feel quite right. And Pepper always seems very weary of Killmonger. She walks outside to Colonel Rhodes, voiced and looking like Don Cheadle. So we got a Don Cheadle replacing a Terrence Howard situation. Another void in the uh, crazy, ever-collapsing sacred timeline. So Don Cheadle is just completely in. We got him from the beginning now. Except this movie is all messed up. This isn't Iron Man, guys. <laughs> I love this. Uh, I really love that they got... Don they, I just like this. I like that they're they're doing this. It, um, what do you think? Do you think they're going to get Terrence Howard? It'd be actually more miraculous, honestly, if they went and got Terrence Howard to come back and do his part. Anyway, Pepper asked what is going on with Killmonger to Rhodey. She, uh, she, she asked for a breakdown. Graduated Annapolis at 19, MIT a year later, he says. Made quite a name for himself since joining the SEALs as an elite ghost squad that specializes in high-target wet work. All in all, I say he's done pretty good for a kid from Oakland. So at this point, Rhodey's not really concerned. He asked what's Pepper's concern uh, because she was a little reactionary to the uh, wet work because she asked what is that plumbing and he says assassinations. Pepper says a lot of people come around looking to get their moment in the sun with Tony Stark, and it's her job to sniff out exactly what it is she wants from them. This movie's throwing the antagonist of Black Panther versus the hero of Iron Man, uh, and then this, the antagonist just takes over both movies and wins. It's kind of nuts. And, like, he literally rips the fabric of both of those movies. This movie, this this series really takes leaps. So, Tony takes Killmonger into his garage, and he says, Welcome to Candyland. I built everything here myself. It's really good to see Tony's garage again, even in animated form. It's sick to be back. He says he built everything himself, except for the Lambo. That's 3D printed. There's a tiny version of the Jericho. A portable firearm, which is the gun, I mean the giant missile um, Tony shows off at his first demonstration in Iron Man. It's a nice little detail. Um, you know, I like I like little tiny details like this. This is what an e this is what an Easter egg. Killmonger aims the gun at Tony and he says, I bet she pops. And uh, he replies, easy killer, I come in peace. And Killmonger replies uh, a line that Tony's own dad used to say. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. And Tony says, a lot of good it did old dad. Uh, how about you? Are you close with yours? And Killmonger says, no, gang violence. And 
Um, from what we remember in Black Panther, uh, he didn't die to gang violence. We know he died to uh, the Black Panther, and he, he his whole story is based off of revenge. Um, we know this. Uh, the reason he's doing this in this episode is to get to throne, the throne in Wakanda um, and become the Black Panther. So he's lying. Tony says weapons in the wrong hands, which no one had to fire them at all. And he throws his weapon, the gun, on the on the table. You know, Tony Stark, the good in him, is there. Killmonger replies for real. Uh, then again, he developed plans for a automated combat drone. He says he thought he was going to make human soldiers obsolete, but can never crack the interface. And you know Tony, he immediately says, because he didn't have me, let's do this, let's build your science fair project. Tony immediately wants to do this. You saved my life, I'd like to return the favor, he says. Killmonger smiles and returns the favor. Um, the thing is, in this episode, at this point, I really did believe my first viewing um, that the Killmonger could have had very good intentions, and things could have gone very different. And he could have suited he could he could have suited up to be Iron Man. And um, there's a highly disappointing factor that that's not what happened here. Um, there's a huge factor, but there's also an appreciation factor in retrospect too. That that the things played out the way they did, um, and it's not. The fact that it didn't play out with the Iron Man thing, um, it, it goes to show the theme of the show stays in line um, with its cur with its actual themes. Uh, like um, in terms of like the events of time, they they're tricky. Like they're going to actually fall closer in line. Um, like Killmonger is going to stick to his story. He, no matter what, like Tony's great influence and good isn't going to fall over Killmonger, no matter what. Um, this, this, this is the story of Killmonger just having a different plan to get to the throne. Um, so, in my opinion, I thought at the beginning that maybe, well, going into this episode, my expectation was that Killmonger would suit up as Iron Man and become the hero of this Infinity Saga, the, 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 of their timeline, of their universe. But, however, this wasn't the case. You can't rely on your expectations. The story, this is a different story. Tony searches the MIT database for Project Liberator, as Killmonger states. They pull up the hologram on the table, and Tony says, bold design choice, and <laughs> um, uh, Killmonger replies, I like anime. And you can tell, like, his, also his, uh, his, his outfit uh, in the early episode was very anime. Tony says, worst case scenario, we'll end up with the world's most expensive Gundam model. And he asked Jarvis to bring him a bunch of stuff, including Bloody Marys, because the hangover's starting to kick in. And uh, Jarvis, voiced by Vision, <laughs> Paul Bettany, uh, he, he comes into this one, too. Awesome. We get a great montage, very similar to the montage of the Iron Man building scene. So we are following the timeline of Iron Man very closely here, which is fantastic. And Killmonger's doing a lot of the heavy lifting, while Stark is doing a lot of the tech. But as we know, Killmonger is also a genius. Um, he's an MIT grad, so he also goes in on the tech. So we see Tony and Eric working together. Um, like side by side. Tony's expanding the hologram, throwing it side by side. They're looking at its inner workings. Human pilots mean human error, but with Jarvis at the wheel, drones can react to stimuli in real time and no one needs to lift a finger, Tony says. Now, Killmonger is like shadow boxing uh, and the drone is doing everything he does. And now he's facing a prototype drone. It it falls in front of him and uh, Tony says it's only a failure if it explodes and then it explodes <laughs> and uh, he, he looks at the, Killmonger looks at the camera and uh, he's like okay that changes things it's it's such a great um, parody of that scene that montage in Iron Man where all the everything's going wrong and Tony's suits flying all over the place <laughs> later we got Tony laying on the ground throwing a baseball and they're next to, he's next to a box of pizza one slice left Killmonger sitting next to him and this is where he's deciding, Tony, that he needs another power source. <laughs> and he says, hey, if we could miniaturize an arc reactor, 
no, that's a dumb idea. Oh my gosh. So like, yeah, so um, he's really just this Tony Stark. Tony Stark in this series in general. Can we just can we just like recap? I mean, the first episode of What If I'd like to think I'd hope that Captain Carter runs into Iron Man and that he's okay in this one. Um, the second episode of What If. Okay, Tony Stark's fine, I guess. Third episode of What If he dies. Okay, okay, so he dies three episodes in a row. It just it happens so much so quickly. Um, he dies in three episodes of What If, and it feels like a lot. He dies in the third episode of What If, um, very very traumatically though. Um, you know, he gets completely obliterated, and then he also dies as a zombie, um, and that was also pretty pretty traumatic, right? And then we're about to see again. So they're very definitive deaths. On top of, you know, death teases in all the movies and then the finale. You know, we know how Tony goes in Endgame. So to, to, give, us, to, to give us all this again, it's almost to say, like, we're going to give you all these deaths again just because we were going to plan on bringing Tony Stark back one day. I said it. Killmonger suggests vibranium. With enough juice, it can act as a self-sustaining energy source. Tony says, yeah, now you're thinking. Too bad Pops used up the last of it during the war. And he replies, not all of it. And uh, yeah, Killmonger takes out his necklace with his ring of vibranium. Great shot of Tony reacting to that, the animation of it. I have to react to some of the animation here. He tosses the ring into a suspension field. And a holographic dome appears over them. Tony asks him where he got it. And he, uh, Killmonger replies that it comes up all over the globe. You just got to have a hookup. And Tony says he might have just the guy. And later we see a hologram of, and at the same time, Pepper saying, Ulysses Claw? No, Tony, absolutely not. Yeah, I, it's great. We get right into the uh, t- Tony's blacklist. We learn much later um, of Tony's dealings with Ulysses Claw in the MCU, um, but we we get we get this uh, in this episode. He goes straight to the vibranium. Uh, Tony replies, "Are you allowed to say that to people in my tax bracket?" Like, geez. Pepper replies and reminds Tony that Stark Industries doesn't fraternize with black market arms dealers. Okay, so at this point we get the moment where like. Killmonger starts to make his move, and this is exactly where he gets what he wants. And I, I, I can't stand watching it because it's just, it's with those moments you you love the villain but you hate the villain um, because he's playing the room, um, he's playing the hero. It's an anti-hero story. You don't want no. It's not even anti-hero. It's just anti. <laughs> um, I don't like to watch Tony Stark uh, get played around like this because he's one of my favorites, but it's also um, a unique a unique story. It's not, This isn't my favorite episode. <laughs> it's not a bad episode, and it's not even that it's anywhere near that. It's just the outcome and what we have to go through, um, and it's just, it's just the, the betrayal in it. We just know where Tony's relationship with Rhodey goes. We know where Tony's relationship with Pepper goes. Uh, we know every thing that Tony goes on to do. So it just kind of hits a little harder knowing that it gets cut off, cut off so early and um, so fiercely. Killmonger says, Thing go, things go south, shareholders are going to flip unless we secure some kind of diplomatic cover. Then Tony himself suggests that they send Rhodey because he's U.S. Air Force. And of course, Killmonger thinks that's a wonderful idea. And uh, Pepper rolls her eyes right at that. Tony says, perfect eyes dotted, T's crossed, Pepper up the purchase order. We are in a salvage yard on the African coast. Anyone who's seen Avengers Age of Ultron would recognize this location or might find this location a bit familiar. It is the same place Ulysses X Esclaw uh, did his dealings there and where the fight took place between Ultron and the Avengers on the African coast, literally, literally on this location where Claw loses his arm. Claus says, break out the fine china. Not every day the Americans get down in the mucks with him. And Rhodey replies, he's there with him. Uh, you can't clean up the world without getting your hands dirty. Rhodey has a headpiece in his ear. And it's Killmonger. And he's telling him this guy can run his mouth all day. Just tell him you want to see the product. 
Brody has to see the vibranium, and Claw shows him a Dora Milaje spear worth $10 million. And, uh, you know, Brody says, Tony spends $10 million, you know, like that on a slow Tuesday in Vegas. And Claw says now that uh, he knows he means business, he takes him to the giant selection of vibranium that he really has. And Brody takes off his hat and he asks, where did you find all this? And just at that moment, the door starts to close and the alarm goes off and Claw says, we've been breached. What's going on? Find them and light them up. And everyone's got their guns and flashlights out. Rhodes pages Killmonger and asks if he has eyes on this. At that exact moment, a guy drops from the roof or the top and face plants down to the ground. Claw backs into the shadows just then. Black Panther slams through the window taking out soldiers. It's great to see Black Panther in his earlier days, I'm guessing. This is around the time of the first Iron Man. Or maybe if I'm wrong, or maybe, I don't know, this could take place a little later. But at the end, Shuri, I mean, across like the timeline, this could be taking place over a few years as we're seeing it. But at the end, Shuri is younger. So um, I like to think that maybe it, it does take place earlier like like almost like the same time period or frame as the first iron man movie or at least the first two. Oh my gosh this shot of black panther walking towards colonel rhodes and him shooting uh rhodes shooting colonel rhodes me referring to him and not as colonel rhodes and not as war machine is kind of cool because colonel rhodes and um I really do love Don Cheadle as early Colonel Rhodes. But this is such an original story. Um, we are no longer in the first Iron Man. This is such a spinoff of What If, uh, because uh, we were watching Black Panther walk straight to him, but the animation of this is so sick. Um, and, and I love the Chadwick Boseman's delivery. Our quarrel is not with you, Colonel. The way he says that is uh, so perfect. And... Um, I really want to watch Black Panther really soon. I think I'm going to have to watch it on uh, Disney+. Plus. But my problem is I don't want to watch it because I want to review it. But I want to wa review the movies in order. I'm thinking maybe I'll just have to watch Black Panther separately and just watch, review it. I could just watch review the movies in the orders I want, maybe, I'm thinking. I'm thinking out loud right now, which I don't normally do on the show. But again, I also want to I want to strongly encourage your feedback this episode. MarvelManiacPod at gmail.com. It will be maybe read on the show. Got an email from Joseph. He asked, You okay, Senor Honesto? What happened to the zombie episode? You disappeared. Are you doing okay? I've really been enjoying your podcast, Mr. Honest. You bring a really great energy and are entertaining. I hope you didn't get COVID. Please go back to doing the Marvel movies as well. Joseph, thank you so much. For one, I don't know if you meant for that to be read on the show, but I got to let you know it meant a lot to hear from you. Well, my episode of What If Zombies, uh, my review of it is up now, and it was a little late. And I am not happy to say we are in the timeline in which I got a little off and my posting of the episodes but i am sitting here tonight on the eve of party thor i'm believing i know there's a version of thor in which becomes a party thor and i'm really trying to get caught up tonight and uh let's see what we can do it's only due to me being mr honest in the middle of my episode marvel maniac letting you know that i got a new job at an awesome nerd superstore called box lunch uh, which sells a lot of awesome Marvel stuff. Um, I'm just working a little bit more. And uh, yeah, I just got a little behind on the episodes. But doesn't mean I'm not loving this podcast. It's pretty much the one of the best things I do. And I'm very proud of it. Back to the episode. Our quarrel is not with you, Colonel. And Rhodes says, really? Because you're, you're sending me kind of mixed messages. And... Black Panther says, let me take the vibranium back where it belongs. Sorry, cuz, that ain't gonna fly. And we hear, obviously, Killmonger, and he's using a very giant version of the thing Obadiah Stane used in Iron Man, where he completely just takes all your senses away from you and paralyzes you. And he does that to both Rhodes and Black Panther. While holding the sonic weapon, Killmonger tells 
Black Panther that he really wishes that it didn't have to go down like this. So he, I just had to watch this a couple times because it was kind of confusing to me that what happened because he completely holds Rhodey and Black Panther still in the repulsor gun and then he blasts Black Panther with it to which I thought he was just restraining him but I guess it was just a final blast which finished off his life. Disgusting. Um, so that propulsor gun is just like a chokehold, basically, on your entire life. Ew. Like a, if you really think about it, it's just like clenching your veins. Ew. Disgusting. Ew. Um, <laughs> it really is gross. Um, so, Killmonger says, Stark R&D is no joke. This Sonic Taser thing is legit. But this, I'm really feeling. And he takes the Black Panther glove and slices the door open. Rhodey tells him you got to be part of the system to change the system, and Killmonger replies, no, you could just burn it all down, and he stabs Rhodey with the Black Panther gloves, and so he makes it look like, looks like they killed each other, pretty much. Um, yeah, he sets it all up. Klaus says he leaked word of the sale to the Wakandan war dogs, and it all played out just as Killmonger predicted it would. Killmonger takes the sphere and just does this crazy flippy stuff with it. And then he aims it right at Claw's face. He tells Killmonger to load up the product because the Dora Milaje will be there soon. We get mirrored scenes of both the caskets being carried into their respective places. Rhodes is carried in with an American flag, and Black Panthers is carried with glowing letters, assumed to be Wakanda forever. Tony does not look happy to the reaction of Rhodes' death on the news. He looks destroyed. Killmonger walks in behind. He tells Tony he brought him a, a souvenir, which is the sphere, which is already a little like, I'm holding a weapon on you. He says, what, airport gift shop out of Toblerones? Uh, we, what, we, we watched in the news, we lost one of our own. Let's show the world who's boss. He said, last I checked, who's boss? And then he said, oh, your name's on the building and the paper trail. You certainly saw that, but not to everything. And then Tony activates a 3D hologram of the scene from the ship. Word of the wise, never play Clue with Jarvis. He sees all. Killmonger says, go ahead, call the cops. They still won't get here in time to save you. Yeah, well, police are the law. I want justice, Tony Stark says. A series of metal panels encloses the room. And even Killmonger doesn't look too surprised by this. Um, but uh, I like to see this fight in Tony. Killmonger says, you never even lifted a finger in your life. What are you going to ask Pepper to come and kill me? He says, yeah, probably not, but there's no need. I melted down that ring of yours. The prototype drone stomps in. A red power source coming from the head. Um, so the vibranium power source glows red when used for power. Um, I think we may see that, seen that in, uh, in Black Panther but when they use it for a power source. I don't know. Tony says, you were right, Vibranium worked like a charm. The drone lifts Killmonger into the air. Tony holds up his drink and says, what do you say, to killers? The robot flings Killmonger to the floor, then starts advancing towards him. The drone sends him flying into a wall after Killmonger tries to shoot him, which does nothing. For some reason, Tony goes to remind Killmonger that his moves are the drone's moves. Uh, because he programmed the drone himself. Uh, Arch Nemesis 101, you don't tell, you don't speak your plan. <laughs> Killmonger kicks an object into the drone's head. The drone swipes at him, tearing off Killmonger's shirt. As he dodges blows, Killmonger spots the vibranium spear and dives between the robot's legs to grab it. He bashes the drone in the head and Tony gives a concerned look. He climbs under the drone's shoulders and stabs its power source. Electricity arcing over its metal body before it collapses. At which point, Killmonger hurls his spear at Tony. <sighs> I just had to read through that beat by beat because I just had to go through every sequence of events because it's traumatic for me and I had to relive it and I just had to like go through it like therapy. <laughs> it was um, okay. So Kill this is um, mirroring the scene in Black Panther where he goes to fight Black Panther um, for his spot on the throne and wins. Um, it almost, it, I think it even has the music from it, if I'm wrong. Correct me. He has all the scars on him, and he says, each one was for a kill, and I was really hoping you wouldn't make the cut, believe it or not. And maybe that's true, but however, it's it just, no matter what, it's, uh, Tony wouldn't go, go down that road, I don't think. Tony says for a minute, 
I really thought it was you and me against the world. And it's like almost his dying breaths. Killmonger replies, we're not fighting the same battles, Tony. Two gear-headed orphans trying to do right by our fathers. Sound the same to me, Tony says. The difference between you and me is that you can't see the difference between you and me. And he just pushes the spear deeper into Tony. What a, like what a brutal kill. I mean, this is what I'm saying. They're really hurting Tony in front of us here. Like, like in this, they know these shows are for MCU super fans, uh, right? So why are they doing this to us? <laughs> we just lost Iron Man. We just went through COVID. Like, why are you making us lose Iron Man again so many times? <laughs> and Vision. <laughs> um, like, what are you doing to this, this Marvel? Uh, can, we, can we get Iron Man back now? Like in real life, IRL? We need him. Tony goes limp, his slumped body pinned to the wall by a sphere. I'm using some of the Disney Plus audio description to help me give you some of this description. I'm not going to lie. Um, it is very fun to reanimate and redialogue myself a bit. Killmonger lifts a knife and adds a mark to his collection of scars. And I believe in um, one of the videos I watched, New Rockstars, Everything Always, one of them, um, maybe Screen Crush, my three sources of the few I watch, uh, they, they were probably saying that he has less scars, definitely, than in Black Panther. This showed that symbol, a symbol of how early this was on the timeline. We crawl back up in space to the Watcher, whose face is ever so clear now. His just Only his eyes are glowing. But all he's doing is watching. He has nothing to say. General Ross is looking over the scene with... Killmonger. Cranium Spear, Wakandan issue. Definite hit job, Ross says. The Wakandans wanted to send a message, Killmonger says. Not a very subtle, subtle one, says Ross. Um, they're playing right into, right into Killmonger's hand. This whole episode, this, this is kind of like, this thing plays out almost just like everything Killmonger wants that episode. Um, Happy asks, how did none of this get captured by security? And Pepper says Jarvis was wiped clean conveniently and looks directly at Eric. Killmonger asks what she's implying, and she says, I don't know, three murders in two days, one man at the center. And Ross defends uh, Killmonger. You're talking to a highly decorated naval officer. Killmonger says, it's cool, General. Her and Tony are we're tight. He asks General Ross what's the move, and uh, Ross replies, they want a war, and that's what we'll give them. He says to put the Liberator drones into production. Pepper says to hold on because that will require a multi-billion dollar allocation, and that the board will need to be consulted. So the military takes control of all Stark Industries assets. Pepper says you must be joking, and Ross says no one's ever accused me of being funny, Miss Potts. We're at war. You work for me now. Now we get a mechanical line of drones being made by Stark Industries of just all of these, these drones that we saw fighting Killmonger being made to fight for Killmonger. General Ross says, congratulations, Lieutenant. You've just invented 21st century warfare. And overlooking the hangar, Pepper and Happy exchange a worried look before they watch squads of drone soldiers heading into carriers. The carriers land in the desert right next to Claw, Ulysses S. Claw. We're seeing a lot of him this episode. Claw says he's glad to see his vibranium's been put to good use, and Killmonger replies, well, how about a road trip? He's just getting started. They pull up to a blockage in the forest, and he says, you're telling me this is it? And Claw says, Wakandans are full of surprises. Claw switches on the high beams, which reveal the hexagonal pattern on Wakandan's force shield uh, just ahead of them. He says, Wakanda, I found it dead. So he's, uh, you know, he's making his journey there, similar to Black Panther. Okay, not similar to Black Panther. Very different to Black Panther. He's making, he's just making his way to Wakanda. He, uh... Ulysses calls to Killmonger, says, not looking to meet the business end of one of their spears, if you know what I mean. And, and Killmonger replies, just like you said, Wakandans are full of surprises. And he shoots Claw, which I believe he also does in the main timeline. Because this is exactly what he does, I think, if I'm not wrong, in the original movie. Um, he, he carries Claw into Wakanda, to the Dora Milaje. They hold their spears at the ready, he says, I come with a gift, an offering of justice. For I am Endajaka, son of Prince Jobu. He pulls down his lower lip, revealing the Wakandan riding inside, which, you know, another thing he does in the movie, but I believe he does that to Claw. Black Panther's mom says, <laughs> I don't know her name, so I'm just going to call him Black Panther. But Black Panther's mom says, uh, he, you know, that 
um, hit. Killmonger's dad had no children and Black Panther's dad says <laughs> we were led to believe that uh, I, bl- I let us believe that Killmonger, Killmonger is brought into the throne room and young Shuri asked uh, her father we're at war and how could we trust him uh, he's an American soldier um, Killmonger says I brought you the man who stole your vibranium and murdered your people as proof you can trust me it's proof of my loyalty, loyalty to Wakanda King T'Chaka uh, King T'Challa's father, he walks right up to Killmonger and looks him straight in the eyes. It's a very slow, slow moment, and he says, you have the eyes of your father. Killmonger says, he used to tell me stories about you, watching the sunset from the top of Mount Bashanga. King T'Chaka said, I shared the same story with my own son. Killmonger says, I spent my whole life searching for my home. T'Chaka says, rest easy, nephew, you are home. But um, Killmonger says, no. Well, we cannot rest. War is here. So he's just playing both sides like a dog. I do not like it. I do not like it. (laughs) But it's smart, but I don't like it. So we see the drones appearing from a mist. Very eerie. And it's Killmonger describing what's going on with them. He says, the drones are made up of vibranium alloy. Just like your weapons. Almost indestructible. Okoye says, oh please, they're built by Americans. We'll be home in time for lunch. I love Okoye. We're getting so much of her this series. Let's give her some love. I freaking love her. Shuri says, it will not be that easy. The drones operate via a hive matrix communicating with each other in real time to maximize strategic efficiency black Panther's mom asks and how do we cut them off from their network i hope i'm not offending anyone by just calling her black Panther's mom i, I think it's funny and endearing um what do you think marvelmaniac.gmail.com <laughs> i'm so sorry killmonger says we let them inside of our four shields Ugh. the electromagnetic interference will block their satellite uplink Shuri says, you're suggesting we let the killer robots into the city? That's the only way to disconnect them from the Jarvis AI. After that, we'll destroy them. The Americans won't have any vibranium left to rebuild. Why should we trust you with our people's lives, Shuri says. Killmonger says, I know what it's like to have someone taken from me. And if I had the chance to avenge my father, I wouldn't hesitate. These people murdered your son. Even if there was a chance I'm legit, wouldn't be worth the risk, he says. And then T'Chaka says to Black Panther's mom, General Mom Panther, what say you, General? She leads the Wakandan army. General Black Panther's mom. (laughs) Yes. She says, for T'Challa, ye Pompeii, ye Pompeii, ye Pompeii. I love it. Killmonger stands with Shuri and T'Chaka looking over the battlefield. General Black Panther's mom and the Wakandan warriors stare off in the distance. The drone army marches forward. In the drone command center back in Nevada, General Ross is overlooking the situation from a big screen, from safety. He asks, this is the Wakandan capital? Uh, Confirmed location. And Hillmonger tells Shuri, it's about time. And she's like, are you certain about this, Baba? I'm trusting our fate to this outsider. He is family, T'Chaka says. Open the shields. And the shields open. And the metropolitan city uh, of Wakanda appears on the screen of the command center. And General Ross is in shock. He says, Wakanda, so the rumors are true. (laughs) A giant drone army marches into Wakanda. It is huge. And the Dora Milaje and the Wakandan army stand strong. It's Milaje, but I always say Milaje. General Ross says, show them the true might of the U.S. military. U.S. military. They close the shields, and the drones are locked in with them now. The drones' power sources do go dark. And Ross asks, what the hell's going on? Some kind of interference, someone tells him. T'Chaka tells Killmonger that he made his uncle and his father very proud. He says he only wishes to serve Wakanda. And he... uh, T'Chaka replies, I only wish you join me in celebration tonight and know that wherever life's journey takes you, you'll always have a home in Wakanda. Which he quietly replies, I want a little bit more than that. And he turns the droids back on with the button. Of course he does. You sneaky killmonger. The drones power back on and continue toward the city. Shuri says that is impossible. The drones should be disconnected. Killmonger says, Tony Stark, he must have built a backup transmitter. 
And Shuri says, why would he do that? And uh, Killmonger says, that man was a villain. He didn't trust anyone. Shuri sees right through Killmonger. So much Black Panther potential in Shuri. So much. I know they're going to make her the Black Panther. Like, you could see it. They're like almost like setting it up here a little bit. Like, she is so smart. And it's not even that... I'm like I'm not putting her up here, but like I, I feel like that's so gonna happen. I think it's already confirmed, almost, isn't it? Isn't it confirmed? I'm almost positive it is. Border tribe warriors activate their act their holographic shields. General Black Panther's mom leads the Wakandan army into battle. The border tribe shields appear as a single glowing surface as they near the drones at the front line, blocking the robots' blast before the two armies clash. General Black Panther's mom and the Dora jump on top of the backs of the front warriors into the battle. Her name's Ramonda, General uh, General Black Panther's mom. We get a really cool shot of Okoye taking out some drones. One of the robots stomps on two shields, separating them and opening fire on the Wakandan forces. Killmonger leaps onto the back of a Wakandan rhino and screams, Wakanda forever! We get a Wakanda forever, but it's it's just, it's all manufactured by this psychopath. A high view shows a barrage of blasts in the center of the battlefield as Killmonger and the warriors circle around the side. Killmonger's rhino plows through a cluster of drones, its vibranium horn downing the ones in its path. Epic scenes. I mean, this is epic robot warfare. Wakandans versus robots. It's insanity. Ramonda, a.k.a. General Black Panther's mom, sees Killmonger in action, and she seems very proud. Electricity arcs over a drone, and it collapses, revealing Okoye behind it with her sphere. She bounds over two more robots and cuts them down, continuing her onslaught across the battlefield. She is just going crazy. Killmonger just straight up saves Okoye. So there's, like, a lot of love here, too. She doesn't... He just want, He wants to save certain people um he's got agendas for certain people you know some intentions are a little unknown to me um in this episode for him killmonger and okoye stand back to back as drones surround them together the duo takes on the horde of drones slicing and stabbing them with their spears the last of the surrounding robots goes down revealing ramona behind it it's general black panther's mom guys she nods to killmonger and he yells wakanda forever she hurls her spear through two drones and rips it out. She uh, screams for T'Challa as tears uh, drip down her face. That's actually very sad. Okoye holds her spear up along with the whole army, and they're uh, screaming, Yipampe, Yipampe. I love it. It's so heartwarming. In a way, because you just keep remembering Killmonger did this. We see General Ross kind of flip out in a little bit of anger uh, over losing the drones and losing connection to them. Then we see Killmonger put one final blow into the Stark drone, into Stark. Kind of a symbol of what he did to Stark. Destroyed Tony Stark and Iron Man and his legacy in this universe. Obliterated Black Panther. And for whatever else is to hit in the future of this timeline, like, let's say, the Chitauri attacking and, you know, the Infinity War (laughs) and the Civil, whatever else is to hit, you know, that's just going to be open door stuff. You know, no Iron Man tech, nothing. I just can't even, my mind can't even wrap my, I can't even wrap my head around it. (laughs) Like, there's so, the multi, that's what the the multiverse, like, you can't theorize all of it. Later, the Watcher looms in the sky, his glowing eyes fixed on Killmonger standing on Mount Bushenga, which is the mountain, you know, of there in the area of Wakanda. And a beautiful sunset animation. It's just so gorgeous. Uh, he's looking out over the sunset. But the Watcher just looks concerned. As he gazes out over the vast land before him, he smiles. T'Chaka joins him. He asks, does it meet your expectations? And he says, it surpasses them. I wish we could share it with our brothers and our sisters across the world. He says, your father wished the same. He says, perhaps that is why Bast has returned you to us. And Killmonger says, I am a loyal servant of Wakanda, your majesty. Let me be of service. And as he's looking at the ground, he just grimaces um, so evilly. Evilly. This is so evil. With this herb, you shall become the next Black Panther. He drinks the herb. Killmonger drinks the heart-shaped herb. He lies back and closes his eyes. 
He awakens on the ancestral plane. He sees three black panthers glowing in the nearby tree. One walks down to him, uh, and he's talking. He says, was it worth it? It's T'Challa, my cousin. And he says, yeah, I did what I had to do. For what, a throne? T'Challa says, for vengeance, for my father, and for all my brothers and sisters who suffered through oppression. Well, you just sat back and watched, he says to T'Challa. T'Challa says, you believe the cure for human suffering is more suffering? And he says, no, the cure is power, and now I have it. And T'Challa says, because you stole it. Power unearned can be a very volatile force, cousin. It'll get the best of you eventually. And Killmonger walks out in his Black Panther uniform with the gold Killmonger uniform, uh, looking out over Wakanda. On your plane or ours, it'll get the best of you, uh, T'Challa tells him. And we linger on Killmonger's face, looking at T'Challa for a second, and we cut to a giant frame picture of Tony Stark saying, you can avenge, only you can avenge Tony Stark. Ross tells Pepper that destroyers are circling the African coast. He wants all Jericho missiles locked and loaded by 0600. Well, he's telling his commander that, and he's with Pepper. And she says, all due respect, isn't that a lot of firepower to aim at a country that isn't on the map? And he says, with all due respect, it's not going to be anymore, pretty much, after this. Pepper goes into Tony's old office to catch a breath, and she finds Shuri there in Tony's desk. And she's very surprised, and she says, well, how did you get in here? She tells Pepper that she's here to help, and she gives Pepper a file. She slides Pepper up the tablet with intel on Killmonger. I knew it. He killed Tony, says Pepper. And your brother? How did you get this? <laughs> Mr. Stark was a genius, but he's not the only genius. It appears we have a common enemy. Uh, sure, he says. And Pepper says, unfortunately, your side and mine refuses to see it. Shuri says, so, let us open their eyes together. And they stare at each other, kind of smiling. And this is a younger Shuri, and she's a genius. And this is kind of very interesting, because, again, we get a cliffhanger. A cliffhanger. A cliffhanger and a cliffhanger. This is episode... What? Seven? No, this is episode six. Okay. We got four more after this, and this is probably a good six cliffhangers. I mean, we are very, I'm very interested in how all of these will tie up, if they will, in this season. So, um, he, so he says, heroes are never really gone. They live forever, as do the ones they inspire to carry on the fight. So, Black Panther, T'Challa, inspires Shuri, and... Tony brings Pepper, and they they still have the flames of their former heroes. It almost makes me wonder if we're going to get a Black Panther, um, Shuri, and an Iron Man uh, um, Pepper in this. As they do inspire to carry on the fight, and we get the end of the episode. And this was... I will say, it wasn't my favorite of the series. And I can honestly say that, but it was insane and this show takes leaps brave leaps into new territory every episode and with that i give it the most credit it is a fun exciting show um marvel's what if and every week um i have no idea what i'm getting into (laughs) uh which is I i can't honestly tell you how literally lucky i feel and Uh, as a fan of Marvel coming into these shows which is why I actually feel like I am a little aware of that I I do want to say because I don't want to waste these episodes I don't want to waste them I don't want to throw up a review or a a reaction to them that I regret which is why I wouldn't put out um, my what if zombies half-heartedly you know because I knew what if zombies was a big episode (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Captain America as a zombie uh, was going to be fighting Bucky as a zombie. I thought that that was a big deal. So for me, um, me reacting to that was important in, a, in, a, in the right way. It was very important to me. And uh, I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope you enjoyed this. And uh, I'm not going to keep this ending too long because we're getting very long on this episode. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what I did on uh, this one to make it extra long. But maybe um, we're getting a little ranty. Maybe it's just that we uh, we've been a bit and we're catching up a bit 
And it's good to be back here with you today at Marvel Maniac and MCU After Show. Again, I'm your host, Mr. Honest, a.k.a. Eric Cicada. I did that backwards, but we're going to keep it because we're getting out of here. Um, you can find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at Marvel Maniac Pod and email us marvelmaniacpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to donate it to us right now, the best place would be paypal.me slash marvelmaniacpod or at marvelmaniacpod on paypal and everything goes right back into the show we have another episode coming out next to now they should we should have all the episodes up right now the following episode of marvel's what if which i don't know the name of at this exact airing time should be up and airing and we should be caught up and i hope you are enjoying yourself i hope you're having a great day week month year wherever you are in this moment in time in the multiverse in the sacred timeline glorious purpose until we meet again avengers disassemble